Hey, this is Chris to make some less than Jake, and you're listening to Mark and Me. Don't touch that dial. Hello everyone and welcome to the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now you may have just seen that I've released three specials for the amazing Slam Dunk Festival. The first part only came out at the start of the week and include interviews with the absolutely awesome Movements, Less Than Jake and Paris. Following that, only two days later, I was joined by Hawthorne Heights, Vakovi and Flogging Molly. And only yesterday, I gave you the third part of this special, which included Billy Talent, Kids in Glass Houses and Underroof. A real big mix of bands and honestly, some of the best interviews I've done and I had such a blast doing them. But during my weekend at Slam Dunk, I was lucky enough to sit down and talk to Bowling for Soup. I was joined by both Rob and Jarrett from the band. And from the moment we started talking, something just clicked. Something's felt really special. And as a podcaster, when these moments happen, you just know. And sitting there with these two, talking about the love of film, music and everything else, just felt so right. So much so, I want to dedicate this episode as a sole episode just to those guys. There's not three bands this time. They have their very own episode. That's how much I enjoyed it. Today's interview is quite short, but it's snappy and covers a lot of film talk. It reminds me of the old days when I used to do Skip to the End podcast. That's how good the chemistry is, and it already feels like I've known Jarrett and Rob all my life. And I can't wait to get them back on for more next year when they're touring the UK with Less Than Jake. So what I want to do now, instead of delaying things, is to get straight to this interview, because I love it that much. So here's me and Jarrett and Rob talking all things Bowling for Soup. I'm here with Bowling for Soup at Slam Dunk. Both of you, thank you so much for coming on the Mark and Me podcast. Good to be here. Um, I'm Jarrett. I'm Rob. He didn't ask us to introduce ourselves, but we just thought it'd be a good idea. I love it. I would like the Mac and Me logo on the microphone. I just See, noticed. not everyone notices it straight yeah. away, but this I is one of the movie. best films ever. Uh, I don't know about that. I just know it. <laughs> His brother's band, Don't Panic, has a Mac and Me t-shirt design. Wow. Which which hopefully the makers of Mac and Me do not hear this. I, first of all, I don't know who it is. And second of all, um, that movie's one long McDonald's ad. It is. And I love it for it. And it doesn't even hold back. It's like, let's just do a dance scene in the middle of McDonald's. Yeah. Why not? You know, I've never seen that movie. I guess that makes sense, though. I feel like you would have been like, when it came out, you wouldn't have cared. Like, it was for kids when I was a little kid. Imagine yeah, E.T., but in McDonald's. <laughs> Yeah, it was basically, yeah, they were trying to pull off the success of E.T. and, like, make that whole thing, and it I don't think it really hit the same success. Speaking of E.T., e- did you know that in the book, it's not Reese's Pieces? 
In the original screenplay, they they re they wanted them to be M and M's, but the Mars company wouldn't allow it. In the book, it is M and M's. Wow. Correct. You heard that here first. I think we're Maybe. like now doing like a Mac and me, and we're plugging chocolate. So it's like, right. I want some M and M's. So if you're listening, M and M's, send us a big <laughs> fucking bucket of M and M's. Also, have you ever seen Elliot's um, screen test for ET? Yes. Yes, it's unbelievable. Really good. Yeah. It is. It will crush your He's soul. He's crying, and I'm like, what's happened to that kid? To him to be able to act like this at such a young age. Yeah, he's probably one of the best like child actors. It was unbelievable. unbelievable. And just his eyes, like you just want to hug him. Yeah. I know. I was watching it and like that's why Spielberg instantly went, I want him. That's the guy. There's no one else. There's no one else, yeah. Should we just talk films? Because all I do is talk sure. all day about yeah. music. And I was thinking, I love films. So if we're talking Mac and me, we're talking E.T., tell me what was the first film you remember as a kid that made you went, I fucking love cinema. Oh, man. Um, goodness gracious. So I'm a big movie kid. Uh, you know, I grew up in the 80s when movies were everything in the world. I mean, you know, I got to see Star Wars in the theater. I don't really remember it, but I know I did. Um, but I'm actually going to stay on that train. I'm not even like a big Star Wars guy, but I got to skip school and wait in line to see Return of the Jedi in grade school. I am so jealous. And, uh, and I, I will say it was a huge event in my life. And so I would say that probably like... That movie became like the going to the movies thing for me. Well, so t 10 years after Jarrett did that, I did the same thing when they re-released Return of the Jedi in the movie theaters, uh, the remastered one, and I skipped school and did the same exact thing. Wow, that's and crazy. And how freaky is this? Right now, they've just released the 40th anniversary in the cinema. My friend did the poster for it. He was a fucking great British artist, but we're sitting here right now, and they're celebrating 40 years in the cinema. Wow. Isn't that crazy? We put it all back around. I like what we've done Yeah, here. we did. Holy crap. So I'm a bit, um, I'm 41, so my first cinema experience, we had this conversation on the way here today, which is freaking me out now. I got to see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. My parents took me to see that. But I saw Back to the Future 2, right, ah. at the cinema. Mm -hmm. And as it finished, they showed the trailer for the third one. Can you remember a time when you go to the cinema and they would go, well, if you enjoyed that, there's more yeah. coming soon. How cool is that? Well, with that movie specifically, yeah, that's how at the end of Back to the Future 2 is the trailer for Back to the Future how 3. How cool but is that? it's the only movie that I've ever seen do that. I've never yeah. seen another movie it's do that. Imagine now doing that, like going to the cinema and being like, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. And they're like, well, part two, and here's the trailer. Now they do, though, right? I mean, that's Mar the Marvel oh, movies do that. Marvel, yeah, yeah. All the okay, Marvel that's movies a bad do example, that. Yeah. The Marvel movies, yeah, because they do the thing where at, during the credits, they'll yeah, like, tease fair, something, yeah. but it's not like clipped from the next no. movie. It's like something that'll lead into it. So, yeah, it's kind of the same deal. Well, actually, no, because after Spider-Man, they do the thing where they he puts out on the screen who that Spider-Man is Peter Parker, and that's the beginning of the next movie. Yeah, you're 100% right. I should know that my kid's name is Peter Parker. So here's the thing. Wow, this is this cool. is what's crazy that you bring that, and it, it really is. But what what's so interesting about what you just said is it's the opposite. My son doesn't know that you're not supposed to sit there and watch the credits to see what is going to happen after now because they're just so conditioned to it by the Marvel movies and, and all that. So it's really weird. It's like that Back to the Future thing I think was the first one ever to do it. And, and somebody somewhere was just like, well, that's a smart thing. Yeah, it was, I think it, but it, after that, it was super, big MCU thing happened. Like when they were doing, Sony was doing theirs and Fox was doing their superhero movies. They were the ones that were doing those little teaser things during the credits. Like 
even in like that stupid Fantastic Four movie. You know what I mean? Like back in '99, yeah, or yeah. whatever the hell that came out, or 2000 maybe. Yeah. Speaking of Back to the Future 2, what a piece of shit that movie is. Yeah, Jared goes off. Right, on let's stop recording now. Like I'm gonna Back to the Future 2. I agree this with table across the floor. Back to the Future is one of the greatest movies of all time. And he presented a very solid case on why Back to the Future 2 is kind of shitty. And I, I, I get it. I really do. I get I'll it. tell you why. I was going to say, let's just do it now in like an arm wrestle. I'm going to tell, tell you why. why it's a piece of shit. Wow. Because they turned all the characters who already existed, these characters already exist in the, arguably the greatest motion picture of all time. It, there's an argument there. Am I? I'm not wrong, right? Back to the You've future. You've not seen Mac and Me, so yeah, that's fine. Okay. They turn all these characters into cartoon characters, but they already existed. It's like when Joey wasn't dumb on Friends, you know, or like a sudden switch. Yeah, and it's like all of a sudden we're like, and now he's all of a sudden he's triggered by people calling him a chicken. What a silly, what a silly, stupid thing, and it. They had to give him something, but the deal was is that the, his character was so easy going, and that was the whole thing, was he was just like... Who else could deal with that situation other than Marty McFly? I'm going to skateboard through everything, right? Yeah. Anyway, so with that in mind, that movie is a piece of shit. I can't believe it, but you're kind of making sense, and <laughs> I don't like this. See? Watch, watch a man's heart break <laughs> live Like when Slandom. you're there, and just even the mom now, like because the mom was more of just this like sort of like, Drinking and like blah blah blah, like losing, and then they just make her into this. Well, well, yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, he makes a point. <laughs> Go on, now, I'm gonna put you on the spot. What is your favorite movie of all time? It can't be Back to the Future because we talked about it. there must be something that you absolutely adore that is your kind of you're about to die, it's the last film you watch. Pulp fiction. Fucking perfection, Easy. the best script ever. It's the on goddamn paper. best movie that's ever, ever been made. Ever. The Empire Strikes Back. I mean, I mean, it's both are it's, fucking It's the great best films. movie. It's a perfect movie. The only thing, literally, the only part of The Empire Strikes Back that falls a little bit flat is because they make you think a little too much when Luke goes into that little cave or whatever, and you don't know if it's Yoda doing that or if it's Luke or if it's the four. Like, other than that, it's a perfect movie. And I do like that part. It's you interpret it your own way, but the movie's perfect. The great thing about Pulp Fiction is I've probably seen that movie 200 times. I can actually sit and watch it, and I'll just say the whole movie along with it. But you and I could still have a conversation about that movie, and there'd be aspects of it that, that you could bring up, and I'd go, oh, right, and you could do the same thing. There's just so much content in that. And so, yeah, man, I, I used to – there was a time in my life where I would literally get back from a show, put that on, open a beer, and watch it till I fell asleep. Incredible. Mine is Jaws. I think it's an absolute perfection masterpiece, but my most favorite film, I think that's the most crafted film, like Spielberg struggled, didn't he? On the production of that film is mental. Almost famous, Cameron Crowe. Great movie. Look, yeah. he wrote that on my arm. That's He wrote that on my arm. That's a great movie. Cameron Crowe. Like, if you're in a band or you wanted to be in a band and you watch that film, it's like, for me, it's like rock and roll heaven. It's just... Yeah. And it's it really is so true. It's like the... The relationships within the bands aren't always what you think. Yeah, and just and how that, that it's it's so smartly done or whatever, and then just the fact that 
he doesn't know how old he is. I know. At the beginning of the movie is so Six. funny. Six. Well, you're seven. I, I've seen that movie a bunch, but it's been a really long time, so I'm yeah. actually kind of a little fuzzy on it still, like the details and how I remember really liking it, but it's probably been 20-something years since I've seen it, you know? Well, you know, it's got the, the, the one of the greatest scenes, two of the greatest scenes, I'm king of the world. Is that I'm what he's? I'm the golden god. I'm the golden god, right? Yeah, I'm sorry, Titanic hit me. Unbelievable. But it's just when they when when they're in the airplane and they think they're gonna die and just like the guy just going, I'm gay, and like yeah. they're just, and it's just it's just so there's just so much substance to that the movie. The moment the plane then gets back, he's like, everything's okay, and the look right. on like even Jason Lee's face, he's like. Yeah. What? <laughs> Such a fucking great film. So here's an answer to a question you didn't ask, but the movie I've seen the most times for sure is Wedding Crashers. That's a great oh, interesting. film. That's like yeah. a hungover. I don't know what I want to watch. That'll do. I, I honestly have had to have seen that movie. I'm, no joke. Somewhere in the 500 range. That's Some insane. Interesting uh, comments about that movie. Uh, Bradley Cooper is a bad guy. Yeah. Kind of funny. And that's the funny thing about that. So that's one of the that's the second movie I ever saw him in. The first was one that was filmed in my hometown called Wet Hot American Summer. Oh yeah. And that was his first movie, I think. I've so never seen that. It's a ridiculous. But man, the cast: Paul Rudd, Bradley Cooper, Michael Ian, whatever. Uh, Michael uh, Ian Black. And, the, and then the other Michael, Michael Showalter. And then the guy from uh, from Law and Order. Yeah, the guy from Law and Order, the guy from Frasier. Janine Garofalo, yeah. like it's got like this. I'm crazy like sold, sold, yeah. sold, sold. Yeah, you should watch it. It's 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 um it's an interesting movie. It's ridiculous, but here's the other thing about Wedding Crashers. It's when the world became aware that Isla Fisher is literally the most beautiful thing on the planet. Yeah, I did that when I watched The American Office, and I was like, "Who's that? Have you seen that?" No, my God, I need to see that. It's unbelievable. Like, I think Isla Fisher is literally. She hung the moon. She, yep, she's the redhead, right? And yeah. she's, she's actually I, she's married to Boras in real life. Like I think I, my favorite performance of hers is when she was in the final season of Arrested Development and playing uh, the daughter, playing Ron Howard's daughter. I've See? not even seen that. See, we've all got things we need to catch up on. Now. What's your most watched film of all time? Is it Pulp Fiction? It doesn't mean it's your favorite. Like my most watched film ever is Tom Hanks's Big. Yeah, I just was something like. I don't know why it's nostalgia, but I'm like, I want to watch that and feel good again. Like, Actually, no, mine's probably Dumb and Dumber, because uh, or or Anchorman, and here's why: because those were bus movies, yeah. And a bus movie, it just gets put on at the end of the night every single night because we're familiar with it, and everybody sits in there and you pay attention or you don't. And so, either Anchorman or Dumb and Dumber, for sure. Okay, so, actually, there's another contender for most watched movie for me, and it was back when I was in Patent Pending, before I was in Bowling for Soup, and it was our bus movie, where it was not even funny, but we would find funny things, and it was the movie Armageddon with Bruce Willis. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and it's, like, Enough four like, hours long, yeah. and, it, and we would just watch it and just pull all the little funny things out of it and constantly quote it, and no one knew what we were doing, and it was really funny. That's a, that actually, But, see, that's a long-form comedy bit. Right. That's some Joe Ragosta <laughs> patent pending <laughs> shit right there. Like where you you put on this non-funny movie just so that your guests in the bus are like, what are y'all doing? Well, why wouldn't we be doing this? Watching Armageddon, yeah. yeah. The end of the world movie. Just picking apart Armageddon. Don't want to close oh, my sweet, eyes. Yeah. Don't want to fall asleep. I just woke up. And then literally straight afterwards, watch The Rock. Those two together, oh, the, back with, to with, back. Uh, the Rock with uh, Nicholas Cage. Yes. And, uh, Watch those Alcatraz together. movie, right? Yeah. Yep. Watch those two together. Movie. It's like a weird back-to-back. -back it works. Weird. It's, well, because they're they're both part of that like uh, 
not like Michael Bay. Exactly, kind Bayham, of thing, yeah. Right? Yeah, like that sort of movie, right? Where just big explosions. Fucking in a, crazy. It's part of that world. Beer, and, and pizza, Con and those Con two. Conair is part of that too. Conair is amazing. Yeah. Like uh, John Malkovich is a like badass. I'm like, he oh, really man. fucking does well. Yeah. Remember that movie, Being John Malkovich? John Malkovich, that was amazing man? as well. What a crazy movie. Fucking insane. Yeah, insane. I've got one last question, and this is gonna be difficult, and it goes back to music. But every guest that comes on chooses the last piece of music that's played any band any song but what's a song when i ask you as a perfect outro piece of music that after today's interview you want to hear played i think you and i can agree on this it's your favorite song by the band ghost oh my god I, you know i was thinking that and i was like there's no way you're gonna say it the song spillways by ghost i think is a, is is the perfect song it's the perfect ending to this interview, too. I fucking... Do you know what? Because I feel like you got into the spillways of our movie soul today. Yeah, it's good. And the I'm spillways now, of your soul. The spillways of your soul. I'm going to play the whole thing as well. Normally, I do like a 30-second snippet. I'm going to play the whole fucking thing to end this episode. And trivia, that was mixed where our uh, album, Pop's Not... Pop Drunk's Not Bread was recorded. That's right. A little plug there. Like, finally, we're talking about your music. What yeah. the hell? This is not what it's about. Oh, we forgot to talk about Bowling for Soup. Yeah. Damn it. Check it out right now. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Okay, uh, find us online. Yeah, go Google on Bowling for Soup. <laughs> Google Bowling for Soup and find out what we're up to. And buy a vinyl. Stop streaming. <laughs> buy a fucking record. Thank yes, you. Yes, please. Actually, don't stop streaming and buy a yeah, vinyl. Yeah, do both. And come and see you on tour every time. Yeah, that's right. We'll be in the UK in February with Less Than Jake and the Vandaliers. And uh, wow, that's Greatest Hits awesome. record. Our second Greatest Hits. Uh, Songs People Actually Liked, Volume 2, the next six years, comes out in August. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to come to that show because I fucking interviewed them earlier on t uh, yesterday. They're fucking great. You need to come interview us again. This has been a I blast. Want a, I want a longer slide. We'll do like an hour. Let's do an hour. Yeah. I could easily do an hour. 100%. In person, in February, or whenever you're here. Yeah. Well, if, if they tell you no, just say Jarrett said. Mate, I will be like, do you know who I am? I'm the guy that talked about Mac and me. And they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, come back on. <laughs> and the guy that was convinced that Back to the Future 2 isn't as great as he thought it was. That's right. Yeah. I'm telling you, you're going to think about that. You're going to be I'm like. I'm going to watch the film that you recommended that had the greatest cast of all time. Yeah. I forgot the name, but I'll listen back later. White Hot, Wet Hot, Amer Wet Hot American Summer. Right. There's a sequel it. to it that came out, and it's not quite as good. It was like a Netflix series, kind of. Well, no, wait, maybe it was a movie. There's a series and a, and a movie. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Thank you so much on getting flagged that you need thank to go. You. But thank you for coming All up. All right. And this is To Be Continued. Yeah. To Be Continued. Like Back to the Future, we'll give you a quick preview. <laughs> Part three is coming soon. Oh, but, but here's the deal. It's going to be a real piece of shit. <laughs> and we're going to all turn Stay into, we're gonna turn into gonna character. I'm going to just talk like this. It's going to be great. Stay I'll tuned. Just be excited about everything. And I'm going to be a weird mom. But don't you call me a chicken. Fucking brilliant. Stay tuned. So there it is. There's my interview with the amazing Bowling for Soup. I started the interview with full intention, like all the other interviews I did for Slam Dunk, 
just to talk about music, why they love the festival and everything else. But something just changed. We started talking about films and it just went from there. And it was the most natural, easiest interview I've ever done. And Jarrett and Rob are absolute legends. And I'm really, really excited already to get them back on Mark and Me and hopefully do like an hour next time face to face because they're one of my favourite guests that I've had in over five years of podcasting. And you can hear just on that interview just how much fun we had Jarrett has been amazing since and been liking lots of stuff on Instagram and even sent me a message saying how much he enjoyed the chat so thank you so much for giving me your time and I really can't wait to do more very very soon if you've enjoyed today's episode and you've listened to these specials why not go on social media either Facebook Twitter or Instagram and share this it costs you absolutely nothing to do and can get Mark and me out there for a whole new audience by literally clicking a couple of buttons. On Facebook, you can hit the share button. On Twitter, you can hit retweet. On an Instagram, you can even like it or even just put it as part of your stories. It really goes a long way and brings a whole new fan base to Mark and me that money can't buy. Also, if you've really enjoyed today's episode, there is a link on markandme.com to go to my Patreon page. On there, you can give me maybe just £2 a month and you're guaranteed two episodes every week. You get specials like this, you get a newsletter every month, you get a welcome pack which includes stickers, a badge and so much more. And also an exclusive episode each and every month called The Lost Tapes, which is one episode that the public don't get. You only get that if you support me via Patreon or via the subscription button on Apple Podcasts. I've had an absolute blast doing these 10 interviews over the last week for Slam Dunk and I really can't wait to return again next year. I hope you've enjoyed it just as much as me and I'll be back with my normal episodes in only a couple of days time. We'll be going back to the normal different types of interviews from different types of people on the normal format. But these specials for me are very special indeed and again a massive thanks to Bowling for Soup for making it so much fun. So until I'm back in a couple of days time, please take care, please look after yourself, listen to Bowling for Soup, buy yourself a ticket for them and Less Than Jake for the new year and I'll speak to you all very soon. Fall back.